Let's get you on the move. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh only on the Voice of the Cape. So earlier we spoke uh, in the show, we spoke to opposition parties regarding last night's State of the Nation address and the overwhelming feeling is that President Ramaphosa brought nothing new to the country at a time where outstanding leadership is needed. And we also want to chat to civil society. So let's hear from Rod Solomon of the South Africa's First Forum and, and then also... Abida Adams from the People's Vaccine Campaign and also Provincial Secretary of the General Industries Workers Union of South Africa. Ryan, good morning as well as Abida. Welcome, of course, to Breakfast 91.3 FM. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having us on your program. Right, let's start with you. The speech had lots of lovely metaphors about Feinbos, for yeah. example. <laughs> Why does the President Sona inspire confidence in South Africa? Yeah, you know, the... <laughs> I actually feel sorry for the president. He seems like he's, he's a captain of a rudderless ship or he's a captain of a soccer team and most of his players have got both left feet. So um, so he's saying all of these wonderful things that we've, that we've heard before, but uh, there are absolutely no accountability. There's no uh, pull-through and there are no consequences for non-delivery of these ministers and some of his senior officials, etc. Um, and I really think South Africa uh, deserves better. I think the one thing that he said that I agree with him is that he says South Africa is a resilient people. But you know what? We are resilient people in spite of our so-called leaders. Let me just give you one example. You know when the COVID-19 pandemic started? The people that stood up and that to the plate were civil society organizations, ordinary South Africans that managed to support and assist poor people with food gardens, with soup kitchens, etc., etc., and the government was found wanting. Now, also, I want to bring in Abida here as well. There was lots of disappointment in his mention of the COVID vaccine strategy, although he said, you know, that there was uh, 80,000 doses from Johnson & Johnson that is expected to, to, to arrive next week. Um, uh, but also, I mean, disappointment in his mention with regards to the strategy, uh, that, that's an area that you, you have particular interest in. What is your take on that? Yeah, just I just want to um, say, Gulam, that, you know, in our media statement, we said... Um, Mr. President, all our lives depend on it. Do not let us down. Mm. I mean, I, I think he's done the complete opposite, complete let down. When it comes to the issue of vaccines, um, for example, he said that there's 80,000 doses that, that we will get in the next week. That is from Johnson & Johnson. That represents, I think, almost 10% of healthcare workers that we need to, that we need to get the vaccine first. They've targeted 1.25 million health workers in terms of frontline workers. And very little detail. We don't know when we're here in the next four weeks, and we have numbers of vaccines that have been secured from a number of suppliers, Colvax, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. We don't have timeline. We don't know when it's going to come. And the other big thing with regards to these vaccines is we don't know how much we are paying for what. So that is extremely disappointing for us because even in his statement, we just hear that all the health departments are ready for the vaccine rollout plan. We have heard in terms of example, in terms of the plan, that in some instances, healthcare workers will have to travel 200 
kilometers to get a vaccine. Mm. So even with the plan, there is there are so many holes, and the prob- and the big challenge is that civil society is not involved. I mean, we we are not in, the, in one of the statements. Even in one of the statements earlier, they said the National Department of Health and Treasury and business they've agreed on the finance. There's a big role because at the end of the day, we need to know how much are we paying. And where is that money come from? Who is paying? Yeah, I, I think I think the Democratic Alliance was also very concerned about that. You know, they said that they were that they appreciate the fact that there's eighty thousand doses coming, but they were concerned of the fact that you know that there was uh, no timelines given. It's just being said, you know, in two weeks' time, but when, you know, and how is it going to be mm. rolled out, etc. Yeah. So, that, so, so the Democratic Alliance obviously they came out very strongly against it as well. But right, also South Africans, you know, they they are definitely at their wits end. For example, with ESCOM and the load shedding, everything yes. that's happening. Do you? Yeah. I think that the president gave a very clear and unambiguous commitment to the uh, to procuring energy and very quickly. Yeah, listen. To, to, let me just say on the vaccines quickly uh, before I get to that. You know, it's interesting to see that the Russian and the Sputnik and the Chinese vaccines are now on the table. So it's clear that Kosato and the SCP has won the day, and the president and as as heard them, because after all, South Africa we are part of BRICS. You know. And why didn't we consider all of those vaccines before? Um, but we had a bias towards med- the minister advisory panel was a bias towards Western medicines. And the, the same approach was with ivermectin. It was only after a lot of pressure from civil society and COSATU came out that they changed that they had a more open view around ivermectin. They were starting to considering it, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So so around the around the energy crisis, you know what? It is so opportune the president talk about new energy sources, etc. And during his speech, I got a notification from uh, ESCOM that says that the, the grid is under pressure, we need to switch off our lights and, and unnecessary power sources, etc. Mm. You know, I think it's a stuck record, and we burn uh, millions of rands on diesel uh, per night, etc. Um, I think the president needs to uh, uh, pull finger. They need to make sure that there is a sustainable solution that is uh, found for our energy crisis, involve the experts, and... Um, ESCOM, if ESCOM, unfold, let, let me say it, if ESCOM is not working the way it's supposed to work, maybe the time has come to consider getting more private sector investors' involvement in, our, in, in, the, in, 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 the, in managing ESCOM. Maybe we'll get something better. Mm. But clearly, um, I am fearful of the fact that we're going to get the Pfizer vac- vaccine that needs Minus 70 degrees uh, Celsius. Yeah, the and what yeah. if our ESCOM power stations break down or, 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 the, or, or the, um, we have power outages in some of the areas where these vaccines are? And I that think those is are my cons- worry. Yeah, I think those are the concerns of many, actually, if you speak to them, mm. is that if you're going to mm. swing that way, you know, do we have the mm. proper infrastructure and the, yes. the capabilities, you know, um, available yeah, yeah. to do that? But Abid, I want to bring you in as well because I want to try and get as many questions through to you guys as possible through this discussion, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Um, uh, but Abida, if we were to look at um, you, uh, the, the, the local production, you know, uh, the massive increase in local production and to make the South Africans exports globally also com- uh, competitive, is this significant? 
Look, I think it's a step in the right direction, but it's not significant yet because also in the president's speech, very little detail, absolutely no detail. On the issue, for example, on energy supply and that, I mean, our sister federation, they have been calling for years that, you know, we need to bring in alternative energy, clean energy and, 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 and recyclable energy. But that should not be privatized. It should be a public good because we know what happened when privatized. Then the motive is profit. Electricity like water is is needed for our people to survive. So we cannot privatize these these uh, conditions. And I mean, I think I, we we have to disagree with Rod. We don't think that we need more. The private sector is not a solution in terms of of of, of providing energy. On the issue of jobs, we have always been clear that even now in our fight against the pandemic, we don't we do need the vaccine, but we need more than the vaccine. We need people to be employed. You know, yeah. we need a universal basic. We cannot fight the vaccine when there is hunger. Mm. And our people need sustainable jobs. I mean, the president in his speech talks about, they keep on talking about working opportunities. We don't want that. We want sustainable jobs with a living wage. We don't want the EPW program that workers get paid 11 rand an hour and then it's contracted out and there are so many middle intermediaries and then the workers who actually work get 11 rand an hour and they work for three weeks. Right. And then when government do their numbers, they say we have employed so many people. But the devil again is, for how long? Right. Was it a sustainable job? Do Are they still working? And we cannot fight. If we only have the vaccine, even if we have sufficient vaccine in the time, in the time that we that is needed against COVID, if we are not going to have people who's got poor, who's got food, it's going mm. to be a challenge because we know that we also need good, good diet, but we mm. also need good hygiene. And then the issue of water comes in. Our people are confronted every day on a daily basis not being water provided, or they're confronted with disconnections of water. Yeah. And then there's the issues of jobs. We are sitting with a jobs bloodbath. Mm. I work for the trade union. Every day we get notices from employers to say, we want to consult because we want to retrench. Yeah. And and they're using the COVID, which is not always the case. So yeah, yeah. it's I, really... Yeah. It, it, we cannot just look at the vaccine or just at jobs. We need to look at all these it's things holistically and how it affects society because it is it we we know we don't live in isolation mm, mm. right it's, i mean the president talks about the smart smart cities i'm just thinking most of our people the living the, the, the minimum wage now is just over three and a half thousand and if you work a 40 hour week how will that person be able to afford to live in a smart city the majority of our people don't qualify for bonds. Yeah. Last year, the human settlement, 68,000 houses provided. What is our housing backlog? So those are the, the challenges that we need. So we, we, we cannot have this and that. And then again, now we see there's another, there's another council against corruption. Do we need that? We don't need that. We have so many laws. We've got the SIU. We've got the walks. We've got all these different things. And we've got the Public Finance Management Act and the number of legislation that is already in place to prevent corruption. We don't need another mm. uh, another commission that is going to take. How, how much money are we already spending on the Zondo Commission, for example? Exactly. We need it. Now, uh, you know what, I'm going to give each one of you another 30 seconds just uh, to answer my last question. Right, let's start off with you quickly. You know, there's a view that Ramaphosa failed uh, and, and um, I bet I spoke about the Zonda Commission. Just to get your comment as well, Rod, you know, uh, there's a view that Ramaphosa failed to make commitments necessary to ensure political accountability in South Africa, given, you know, the drama around the Zonda Commission of late. What's your thoughts, uh, Rod? 30 seconds? 
Yeah, no, you know, but uh, the, I, I agree with we don't need another anti-corruption council. And reporting to, to cabinet, is because there's going to be reports and, and, and reports is going to gather dust, etc. But the thing is, the sp- president was spectacularly quiet about the statements by Mr. Zuma, Magashule, Ms. Duarte, and the MKMBA about the Zondo Commission. And he could have said loudly and clearly that the Constitution is, is supreme and no one is above the law. And he could have spoken about everyone else that is going to, to Nkandla now to show their support. The, but the problem is there, there is, he also should have said that there, there must be full accountability with consequences, whoever you are. And, 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 and I would have liked to have heard more about the NPA and the law enforcement moving to a higher level to start acting. Right. Because we, because, and the other thing that we would like to have heard is something around whistleblowers, mm. how they will be supported, and how will, how will they be assisted by the government. Okay. Because it's clear that the president and his friends and cabinet, they seem to live in a different on a different planet to where ordinary and especially poor South Africans live. Mm. They okay. talk about inequality and disparities, but look at how the poor were treated at the water sprayed at the Sasa offices, yeah. and our people were treated with kid gloves that broke the law when they went to the beaches. Right. It's just incredulous. Right. Thank you for your time. Give me one second. I want to go over to uh, Abida quickly also. Abida, um, you know, for your organization as well, you know, the news of the extension of the social relief grants and the TIS, it must be a relief for you if you think about it. It's been extended by um, the 359 by another three months. And then uh, we will uh, definitely, uh, you know, about the TIS benefit until the 15th of March. But apparently it's going to be outlined in the budget speech in about two weeks. Is this a relief for you? It is somewhat of a relief, especially the extension of the, 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 the social relief distress grant. But what we've also demanded and we, we, we've been campaigning for for quite a while now is that the, the amount that is allocated is not enough. It's 350 rand. We are saying make it at least 585 rand per person per month. That is for the food poverty line. And then also they must reassess the, the harsh and narrow criteria for accessing that grant. They are still thousands of people who have applied who have not received the grant, right? And right. then also, in addition to that, they must still include caregivers to get that grant, even if they are getting the child support grant as well. Mm. Because we know ex- um, extended families depend. That is sometimes the only source of income, you know? So those are the issues. And also then what we are saying even further to that, that we are saying that sooner rather than later. And this is what we did not hear in Sona. It must be the implementation of a universal basic income grant, mm. which would be a much better poverty alleviation, poverty eradication strategy. I think that is important. And the other key thing for us that we are not hearing is there is no place for civil society currently in the vaccine rollout plan. There is no, there is, I mean, they say that in their statements, there's lip service to that, but in the actual rollout plan, in provincial level, local level, we need civil society to be part of that because we must remember this is also an election year. And the vaccine rollout, it can potentially also be used um, as a, by political parties to to, to gain favor, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And our people are desperate and we know how they exploit these vulnerabilities. So we must ensure and we must demand civilian oversight on the vaccine rollout and the vaccine plan and more communication right. and investment in where we didn't hear anything in Sona about 
the plans in terms of public education. Mm. We need public education if we want to have a successful rollout okay. roll plan. Okay. And we need civil society involvement. I think we need to definitely open this discussion a little bit more, but not today. Abida Adams, People's Vaccine Campaign, thank you so much for joining us, as well as Rod Solomon from the South African First Forum. I appreciate your time this morning on Breakfast. Thank you for having us. No, it's a pleasure. It's thank a pleasure. You.